0: Welcome to Baby Snugs and Coffee Mugs. I'm Krista. And I'm Kelsey. We're both labor and delivery nurses from Minnesota. In this podcast, we'll be covering all things pregnancy, delivering in the hospital, and caring for yourself and baby postpartum.
1: This podcast is meant for educational and entertainment purposes only, so please seek medical advice from your healthcare provider. We are so excited for you to join us, so grab your coffee, snuggle up, and keep on listening. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome back, everybody, to episode nine of Snugs and Mugs.
0: Welcome back, everybody. If you have listened, the last couple of weeks, you know we've been breaking these episodes up a little bit more. Two weeks ago, we talked about labor. Last week, we talked about delivering. And now we want to talk about that after care of delivering. Um We kind of ended last week on just finishing everything up, giving baby meds, Um, you've done your feeds, and now you are hopefully having to pee, so we want to get you up and go to the bathroom. The first time you get up, hopefully your nurse is always reiterating, don't do it alone. Sometimes you think your legs are going to work after that epidural's worn off, and they Mm -hmm. don't actually work, so typically we have two people with you.
1: Sometimes you surprisingly get dizzy or lightheaded too, guys, so make sure there is a nurse or two nurses with you at all times. Yeah, exactly. So I think
0: everybody does, um, things fairly similar. I have a spiel every single time. Um, that first time you're going to get up, I want you to sit on the side of the bed first. I want to make sure that you're not getting dizzy or lightheaded. Like Krista said, yep. if you are feeling okay with that, then we are going to go stand. When you stand, I want you to take a couple steps in place to make sure that make sure those legs are actually working. Mm-hmm. If they're not, we're putting you right back into bed. Yep, But If you are able to kind of walk in place, then we're going to walk you to the bathroom on that walk. I want you to look straight ahead. If you look to the floor, you tend to go to the floor if you can tell, we have people pass out. Yes. So. Everyone wants to look at
1: their feet though. I think with <laughs> like do. your feet being numb and like them just like coming back to life, like everybody wants to look at their feet when they walk they to the
0: bathroom. They do and I will say at least three times, look up, yep. look up. <laughs> <laughs> look where you're going, not where you're walking. Yeah, so hopefully you're feeling good and you walk straight into the bathroom and we're gonna sit you down right on the
1: toilet and the next step is hopefully to pee. Oh boy, yes, so Let's talk about peeing for the first time after you have a baby, guys. So if nobody has brought this up to you yet, it is most likely going to burn the first time that you go to the bathroom. Um, I know we've talked about this in our last episode that most women do tear for sure with their first one. Um, And yeah, if you had to get stitches, everything stretched out, it burns most likely. So what I always do with my patients is as soon as I get them sitting on that toilet... Um, We use what is called a peri bottle. Um, So this bottle is like a little, it looks like a little squirt bottle um, that you can squeeze. So I fill it up with some nice warm water. And then you are going to use that as you are starting to go to the bathroom. So one, you might not feel like you have to go. So this can kind of help initiate it with the warmness. um, But also it can help with that burning sensation that you are most likely going to start feeling as soon as the urine starts coming out. Um, so hopefully this will kind of lessen that just a little bit if, um, if at all possible. So, um, first thing we're going to ask is, did it feel like you emptied your bladder or not? Um, there are times with, um, going to the bathroom the first time that you're only able to go a little bit. Um, and usually you can tell if you feel like your bladder is empty or not. Um, I think I have a lot of patients that when they're sitting on the toilet, they feel a lot of like pressure down there. Um, I know personally for me with my first one, um, I had to get stitches because I had a tear and it just felt like fullness. I don't know. Like when you go to sit down, there's just a lot of like heaviness and pressure down there, like regardless or not, if you have to go to the bathroom. So, um, try to relax. That pressure feeling can feel normal. Things are swollen. You might have some sutures down there. So if you are feeling that fullness and that pressure, down in your um, bottom area that is super typical and you kind of just have to relax yourself use that peri bottle and let yourself go to the bathroom Um, so hopefully you're able to empty your bladder um, and then what you're going to kind of do is use that peri bottle and i always have my patients just use it to kind of like clean themselves off after they're done too. i
0: do too yeah
1: because you guys you don't really want to be wiping if you have stitches things are sore You can use the toilet paper to kind of like pat yourself dry.
0: You do not want to
1: wipe. It's going to hurt. So you want to just be really, really gentle with everything. So I always have my patients use that peri bottle. We'll kind of clean up with some washcloths as best as we can the first time.
0: That's what I was going to say too. Yep, I'll definitely get a warm washcloth and get cleaned up as best as you can and then kind of blot where you need to. Otherwise that peri bottle is going to be your
1: best friend. Yeah, just pat dry, use your peri bottle um, and just kind of prepare yourself for that burning. Um, and then that brings us into kind of putting things all back together. So um, we can kind of talk about what supplies that we give to you guys, what you use after you're done going to the bathroom and kind of what you're going to use for your, um, bottom area for comfort.
0: Yeah. So, and to touch on the peri bottle too, I feel like I have a ton of patients, um, that bring in their own. And I always tell everybody, like, if you want to go ahead, but it's probably going to get messy. So just use ours Yeah, Save your nice one for home. Yes, exactly. Um, so then going, um, so you're done going to the bathroom, We are going to get you set up with a little concoction. I always call it a concoction because I feel like it is. Yeah. So you are going to get these nice, fancy, stretchy, big underwear that are going to be your friend for a while.
1: They are comfortable. Not (laughs) cute, but they're comfortable. I have heard good things.
0: (laughs) Um, The next thing we're going to do is lay down a bigger pad. Um, Another question I get is, does it have to be that big? Your bleeding is a little heavier the first few days. So I'm going to always say yes. Yeah.
1: And uh, guys, it is like big, big. Like it's big. It fills the underwear and then some. Yeah. If you think of a normal maxi pad, it is way bigger than that. It's like a diaper. Yeah. An adult diaper. It is a full on adult <laughs> diaper.
0: But we call it a pad because it's nicer. <laughs> um, the next thing you're going to do is line an ice pack. Um, all of these supplies that we're about to talk about is definitely optional, but we mm-hmm. want to talk about all of them. So ice pack is next. Um, the next layer is going to be witch hazel pads. So mm-hmm. it is a medicated, um, just like a little kind of like toilet paper looking pad mm-hmm. that is going to line the ice pack. That witch hazel is going to give you a soothing feeling. Mm-hmm. Next layer, we have Dermoplast spray, it's called, and it's um, a numbing spray. It has lidocaine in it, I believe, yeah. to help numb the area. I've been told that you can, you can spray it directly to your area. I've been told that that hurts yeah so. I have
1: too I would just spray it spray it right on top yep. of all your other and supplies. that is what
0: I tell people to do yep. so again all of these are optional you use whatever's comfortable I know a lot of people feel like it's too much um, but at the same time it feels good to them yeah and then I'm sure it is different with every baby too. I yeah. mean, you yeah, probably did different every time.
1: Yeah, so with my first baby, guys, I used everything. I needed everything. I wanted to use everything. And as bulky as it does feel, it feels really, really good. And like I needed the ice pack. I was swollen. Um, I wanted every little aspect of that for like multiple days. Um, I think I maybe took the ice packs away after a few days, but I still use those for at least four days, every, every single thing on that list. Um, And then with my second and third babies, I did not tear. So I think I used an ice pack maybe like the rest of the first day. And then I personally just switched to using just the witch hazel pads and then a pad. Okay. So I skipped out on the bulky ice pack because most of them do lose their like coldness. I don't know, half hour-ish.
0: They do go pretty quick.
1: And I, I just love the witch hazel pads are so soothing. They're like, even though they're not like an ice pack, they're still cool and they're like... I don't know. They're just so much more comfortable. They're not bulky and it's, I don't know, it was my favorite thing. So I I think it just depends on how swollen you are, how long you push. Um, I would always start out by trying all of them and then you can go from there on like what you think works best.
0: Yeah. So absolutely your comfort level. Um, You can use them for as long as you need to whatever feels good to you Mm -hmm. um I would say that you want to switch them every time you go to the bathroom to kind of give you that relief all over again because like Krista said those ice packs don't last super long and I'm sure the witch hazel kind of dimmed down too yeah
1: yep exactly um so now that we're all put back together, um, kind of pulling Which, everything up. yes, I was just going to say it that. It <laughs> is like, it, I always find it so funny because everyone's like, how do I? It's so awkward to pull it up, guys. So don't feel like really weird when you go to pull up your pads for the first time because it's kind of a two man job when you're figuring it out.
0: It is. And you guys were just like layering on top of layers. Yeah. So you're just trying to get it all up. Right to the spot that it counts and
1: I always have my patients just like put their hand underneath all of it and just kinda push it up towards their bottom and they hold it and then I kinda help pull their underwear. That's a good idea. otherwise, I mean, otherwise you're just readjusting right when you get it up anyway. Yeah. And we're typically
0: only helping with that first change too. So you're always welcome to call us back in to help. But I feel like people figure it out from there. It's just, again, tricky. It's
1: always, everything's new. Everything about having a baby is new and learning. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. just add this onto the list of things that you (laughs) didn't know you'd ever have to do to yourself. But I feel like everyone's surprised about like this part of having a baby. Like when they go to the bathroom for the first time and like the bleeding and the burning and like... All of the things they use to I was, keep comfortable. For
0: sure. Everybody instantly was like, oh my gosh, that burns. Yeah. And it's just, it's kind of like a surprise reaction. Yeah, I yeah. think
1: this whole part of having a baby is like never talked about. And everyone's really, I don't know, surprised when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. Um, so say we we're all put back together and then you get to go back to the bed and we kind of determine whether or not you can get up on your own. Um, so what happens if you didn't empty your bladder? Say you go to the bathroom, you try to pee, nothing's happening, or maybe you go a couple drops and you're like, yeah, I know, I did not empty my bladder. Um, so depending if you had a Foley catheter in, um, we kind of gauge by the last time your bladder was emptied. So whether that was you getting up going to the bathroom or you having a catheter in, we want you to be able to pee by six to eight hours after that. So um, if you are unable to go, don't panic quite yet. You still have a little bit of a time. Um, So things that we can do is just try again later. Um, I have had patients that use peppermint. Um, It's just an essential oil and we have these little things at the hospital that we call them a hat, but basically it's there to like catch urine, Um, but we can put those in the toilet and just dump a little peppermint in it and I've had patients use that and that's helped them just be able to relax enough and be able to pee and then that way we can measure it too and just make sure that they're going enough it's not necessary but
0: i can't there's been actual multiple times that peppermint has worked for my patients so
1: it is amazing it's a go-to if you are having a hard time and there's an option for that at your facility ask if they haven't brought it up because it has helped a lot of my patients go to the bathroom um so say those things don't work um Typically what we will do then is we bladder scan you. So there's this little machine um, that we can kind of wheel in. It has like a little wand, kind of like the ultrasound wand. Um, and We're gonna put it right where your bladder would be and we can scan to see how much um, urine is potentially in your bladder. It's not 100%, but it's pretty accurate. Um, if there's not that much, then we could probably give you a little more time. Um, but if it is really, really full, we do need to empty your bladder um so there are a couple options and it just kind of depends on your facility your provider um but what we could do is put a what's called a straight catheter in so that would mean it is kind of like a foley catheter but you insert it empty the bladder and then take it right back out um the other option would be to put a foley catheter in and typically we leave that in for at least 12-ish hours um there are times where I've had women that have pushed for four plus hours. Um, Some women just at baseline are very swollen in pregnancy um, with their labia and then after pushing and delivery, and there are times where you tear really bad or you're really, really swollen and your provider might decide it is the best option to just put a Foley in and not even let you attempt to go to the bathroom because there is a very, very high chance you will not be able to go because of the swelling. So although very, very rare, It does occasionally happen where we will just, right after delivery and um, right after they do the stitches and everything, that they will just put a Foley catheter back in and leave it in like overnight or for 12-ish hours or something around there.
0: And you can still get up out of bed with it. You just wouldn't be like actively going to the toilet and voiding yourself. Exactly.
1: And the goal of that, guys, is to get that ice on you, get some medication going to hopefully Mm -hmm. get that swelling down. So then when they do remove that Foley, you're going to be able to pee. Yep.
0: Um, And then one thing I want to touch on, because I know we talked about straight cath there really quick. Um, So straight cathing is typically like sometimes you even feel like you have to pee and you can't or if your bladder is just too full. So straight cathing is inserting that that tube into your um, bladder to drain that urine. And then we're going to start the process over again. We're going to wait six to eight hours and hopefully you can pee on your own from there. If not, then we would go to that Foley. But again, there's times that we just go straight for the Foley catheter. Right. Yeah. Just wanted to touch on that.
1: Um, And then Kelsey had mentioned about changing your pads every two to three hours, guys. You should also be getting up and peeing every two to three hours too. So not just going in and changing. Make sure that you are completely trying to empty that bladder. Um, I have so many patients that are like, oh, I went like two or three hours ago. And like, I don't feel like I have to go. But I always like to remind people you had a head pressing on your bladder for the last nine months. So it took very little urine to make you feel like you had to go. And that's why you peed every half hour for the last, (laughs) I don't know, six weeks, right? So without that head gone, or with that head gone and no longer pressing on your bladder, it takes a lot more urine for your bladder to feel full. So, One, your body's not used to that. Two, if you had an epidural, sometimes it takes your bladder a little bit to wake up because you would have had a Foley in previously. So just reminding your body versus waiting for your body to tell you. Um, So yeah, you want to make sure that you are emptying that bladder because it can also cause increased bleeding. So if you kind of think of where things are in your body, guys, you know that your bladder is right by your uterus. So if your bladder is getting way too full, it can press on your uterus, kind of displace it, and it can cause an increase in bleeding. So there are multiple reasons why you want that bladder empty. So um, just kind of remember at a baseline, if you're getting up and feeding that baby, go to the bathroom, try to pee, and change all your pads.
0: Yeah, get on a little routine for a little bit. Yep. Um so also talking about bleeding, let's talk about um too much bleeding. So mm-hmm. you're obviously going to be bleeding um you can bleed up to the next 6 weeks. Yeah. Um, that also startles people. Yeah. <laughs> they don't expect that. Um the first couple of days can definitely be- be on the heavy side. Mm-hmm. But what we teach people is if you are filling an entire pad in an hour, that is too much bleeding. So we want you to call your nurse right away to have them come in and assess that and bleeding. And this is
1: one of those big pads, guys. Not yeah. like a normal pad, one of the big pads that we give you. Yeah,
0: good thing to point out. Another thing that we want you to watch for is passing clots. You are most likely going to pass clots. Mm-hmm. You might pass a couple little ones. Um, you might pass a lot of little ones. The size that we're looking for is a golf ball size or bigger. And yes, it can happen. It can be a very large clot. If that happens, I tell my patients to leave it in the toilet. Go back to bed. Call me because I want to, again, check your uterus because a Mm -hmm. lot of times that is what's happening. Um, And then I'm assessing that clot too. Yeah.
1: Um, So you guys, we are going to keep you on those pads and have nothing in your vagina for six weeks. So I think visualizing blood with women kind of our age where tampons are such a big thing and very popular or even like um, menstrual cups now, Mm -hmm. people have a hard time visualizing how much blood is too much blood. So just talk to your nurse. As Kelsey said, one of those big pads is too much, the size of the clot. Um, But I think it kind of throws most women off because they're not used to like seeing they're like blood from their periods. Like a lot of people either wear a cup or use tampons and like not being able to use those for six weeks Mm -hmm. and like having straight pads, I think kind of overwhelm some people. Yeah. And so don't feel like you're a crazy person (laughs) if you think it's gross or if it's too much because like everyone thinks that. Nobody likes to like leak blood into a pad. Like it's not fun.
0: Yeah. And I mean (laughs) if you are kind of familiar with your period I think that's a way a lot of people describe it because we do ask about your bleeding too. Mm -hmm. Every time we're assessing you we're asking how your bleeding is. I think like the number one answer I get is a little heavier than a period. Yeah. Which I would say is probably the most common and would be normal.
1: Mm -hmm. And then it's going to start slowing down just like your period does. So your period over a few days does this it's kind of like an extended long four to six weeks of like it's slowly getting lighter and lighter and lighter and then it looks kind of like brownish for a while um and then it's like on and off for a few days that's typically how most people's bleeding kind of is done um personally for me and others that I have talked to um like family members or friends usually you bleed the heaviest with your first or if it you tear more or if you have any like issues with your delivery. So for me, I bled the heaviest with my first. And then by my third, I didn't bleed as long Interesting. or as heavy. Sure. Um, so it kind of depends on the person, but I feel like I do kind of on average hear that from people. Okay. Um, so yeah. So be prepared for the blood in the pads guys. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, one other thing. Um, if you are laying down for a long period of time on um, that, blood tends to kind of collect and pool so when you go to stand up you might have a little bit of heavier bleeding yeah. during that or when you go to use the bathroom so that's also yeah. and you might
1: feel what you would consider a gush because it feels like a yeah. gush that comes out but it's kind of a quick gush and done um but like Kelsey said if it's pooling there and then you go to stand up it just kind of all comes out at once it does so less fun things so speaking of blood <laughs> what do we do about showering for the first time everybody's like okay now when can I shower because that was a lot <laughs> Number 1 question. So when I, can I shower? Right. I do not <laughs> let my patients typically ever shower the first time they get get up out of bed.
0: I don't love it. Yeah.
1: Um I know that everyone wants to get clean and get wiped off and like I do like we said earlier like have them clean off their bottom area and kind of pat that dry, but I typically try to encourage my patients like get something to eat, wait until you're mm-hmm. like really really feeling good and you're not so exhausted and tired. Um, usually the second time you get up, if you really feel adamant about showering, that's, I feel like a better option.
0: I completely agree. I actually say the exact same thing. Like I would really prefer you to just see how this first time goes. Mm -hmm. Um, next time you get up, if you're feeling 100%, absolutely take a shower. Yep. But I will just one story. It was one of my best friends that I was able to be in under delivery and kind of exactly what we're talking about. She got up, she did just fine. We got her all put back together and it was on the way back to her bed that she was like, I don't feel good. And she was white as a ghost. And Aww. I'm like, oh no. So, and we have a machine that if you do start to feel icky, we are able to wheel you back to your bed. Mm-hmm. And as we got back to the bed she started passing out, and I found all my (laughs) muscles and got her back in there, but I don't let her live it down, but it is. It's so common, Yeah. and even though you think you're feeling great, so much has happened in the last, like, few hours, if not 24 hours, that your body just isn't ready for it. Yeah, so
1: making sure that you are feeling really, really back to normal before we let you get into a warm shower and let that heat kind of dilate all your vessels and make you feel even worse (laughs) than you just did, so... Um, so yes, that's showering for the first time. So what about medication? Um, as you know, obviously we talked about swelling and being sore and being uncomfortable. So what kind of medications do you guys get? Um, typically, everybody for pain will get ibuprofen and Tylenol. And I always have my patients just kind of alternate it. So they're getting something every Same. few hours. Yep. Um, personally, for me and for my patients, um, after not taking ibuprofen <laughs> for nine months, your ibuprofen is working like a charm, guys. Um, And it's super, super helpful for swelling and then after cramps. Um, So if you have not heard about the after cramps or after contractions, um, basically what's happening, guys, is your uterus is starting to contract. And one, it is getting blood out of your uterus, but it also is trying to get back to its normal size, which it does take a few weeks to do that. Um, but you can get what's called after contractions and they can be very, very, very painful. (laughs) Not everyone experiences them and you don't usually have them with every kid. I know for me, I did not feel them at all with my first. And then after my second, um, I was breastfeeding her and all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I like was so uncomfortable. They were like consistent, like. Period cramps times like 10. Okay. (laughs) And I don't, okay, guys, just to preface this, I don't really get period cramps. So I'm a huge baby, (laughs) as we have talked about before. So I thought it was so uncomfortable. So when it came time for my third baby, I was in tears at like 5 a.m. She was born the evening before, and I went to feed her at 5 in the morning. And with breastfeeding, it helps release um, oxytocin. So it's helping contract that uterus, which is great because your body is helping itself by controlling the bleeding and getting your uterus back to normal. But it hurts so bad. I was bawling. I like called Sad. the nurse and I was like, I need something else. It hurts so bad, like hurt worse than any of the contractions I felt in labor the day before. Yeah.
0: I love that Chris is throwing herself under the bus, but <sighs> I will say that yeah. this stands true for almost every single one of my patients. Um, that is their second baby. They were like, I, this wasn't happening the first time. This isn't normal. And I'm like... No, typically you don't feel those after cramps the first round, but the more babies you have, the more tender your uterus is. It's working a little harder. Yeah. You're more uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. So just kind of think of a balloon, guys. Like if you blow up a balloon once, it easily goes back down. If you keep blowing up the same balloon multiple times, you can kind of see those spots that like it doesn't go back down kind of to perfect. So your body has to work a little harder if you can kind of use that as like a visual representation. So Depending on the place and the situation, there are occasional times where they will give you something a little bit stronger um, for pain and not just for after cramps, but also um, if it is a bad tear or if you're really, really swollen. There are times um, that at least for sure at our facility and I'm sure other places where they will give you something a little stronger. I know I've had um, patients that have multiple babies that um, they have gotten a dose of Toradol um, and what this is, guys, it's just kind of a stronger IV form of ibuprofen. And that has helped so much better than the ibuprofen. And sometimes they just get one dose and that's like all they need. And occasionally I've had patients get oxy just if things are really uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: I would say with a bad tear, that's
1: that's usually standard. Do. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like the pain, pain control. Yeah. So typical Tylenol,
0: ty- Tylenol, ibuprofen. Um, for everybody, mm-hmm. as long as you can have it based on your medical history, yep. um, and you'll go home taking that. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then another medication you're gonna get is a stool softener. So take your stool softeners. Please take it. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of people are very, very scared to poop. For the so first nervous.
0: Time. I agree. And
1: I will say, with my first, I was also really scared to. I guess I didn't really think about it until like. It was actually time to do it. And like you definitely, with having stitches and being swollen, like you don't want to push hard. It's not comfortable. So you need to take those stool softeners. You need to let your body soften it up, take the medication, drink lots of water. We talked about this in pregnancy too. You want to have high fiber fruits, Mm -hmm. vegetables, Do everything you can to kind of help your body soften everything up so that it's not painful the first time it happens. Yep.
0: And um, you guys, it can take um, your body a week to Mm -hmm. have your first bowel movement to poop for the first time. Um, And that is normal. Mm -hmm. So keep up on your stool softeners. I would keep taking them until you're having regular bowel movements. Right. If you start to have loose stools, then you can back off on them. But you don't want to strain. That's no. kind of what we're getting at.
1: And you do not have to stay in the hospital until you poop. No,
0: that is not a thing. I don't know where it comes from, but it's not I with think us. it's just
1: like an old wife's tale or something. I don't know. But I have had so many patients be like, I have to stay here till I poop, right? And I'm like, no, definitely no. not. No, you're not hanging out for a week. So, yeah, it might be a while. Plus, you want to get home and get in your bed. You probably want your own toilet, too. Let's be real. Oh, so yeah, no, no holding you hostage until you go to the bathroom. Um, so we're going to keep you guys on top of all of these medications. Um, if you are breastfeeding, it's recommended to continue taking your prenatal vitamin. Um, and then kind of for the rest of this recovery while you are at the hospital, for you, um, we're going to be checking your uterus, we're going to be monitoring your bleeding, and we're going to be watching your vital signs until you guys get discharged to home.
0: Yeah, so that is... A- Basically, what we're looking at you um, physical exam wise, on top of all that, we're helping you with feedings Mm -hmm. um, and also we're just going to be overwhelming you with education. So it's just a lot of listening and learning and you ask questions when you need to. Mm
1: -hmm. So that kind of brings us to the end of this kind of postpartum inpatient recovery phase. Um, And then we will have a separate episode talking about all like the newborn stuff and what we do for baby while you guys are at the hospital. Um, so that one will be coming fairly soon. So you can stay tuned for that. Um, so yeah, thank you again for listening. Again, reach out if you guys have any questions or if you want us to touch on something that we haven't talked about yet, we're more than happy to um, reach us on social media or our email. And yeah, we're happy that you guys are following along.
0: Thanks, everybody.